How are we doing, Revolution? It is good to see you guys here. Um, it is good to be back, and I want to thank you guys for your prayers and everything over the last uh, month. And um, so, just a couple things real quick. Everything's been going well. You know, it's been kind of up and down, but, um, you know, I, the doctor seems pretty confident. So, I will be back in the pulpit next week. Look forward to that. We kick off a new series um, next week that's going to last an entire year on, on kind of countering the common objections to the Christian faith. Everything from the age of the universe to is there such a thing as truth, all that kind of stuff. And um, we're going to start that next week. It's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to take those objections, answer, and then move deep into Scripture and talk about some theology and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, be praying for that. And I'll be, uh, Lord willing, I'll be here in the pulpit the next two weeks and then returning to the pulpit in three weeks. The man, the myth, the legend, David Dowdy, um, will be back. So that's what's going on there. A uh, couple things. One, you, this is not, you know, our, our permanent homes. Christ Community Church was very nice to give us, let us use their kind of main, you know, auditorium here. Um, you may have noticed as you walked in the gym in there, that is going to be our permanent home. Uh, the, with the renovations there coming along, and we need your help finishing up. If you've got some time Tuesday uh, from one o'clock till whenever, um, we're going to start doing some more painting, and so we could use some help. So if you if you are got any talent there at all, come on over Tuesday, 1 o'clock or whenever after, and, and just come up, show up, and, and help us paint. Also, be praying. Uh, this past week, we um, hit campus hard to reach out to uh, new people, and so it went really well. I couldn't be there because of my health stuff, but I heard it went incredibly well with move-in day and the concert with Shane Runyon. So um, be praying for that. Not everybody who we connected with this week could be here tonight uh, because of orientation and all that kind of stuff. So be praying for that as well because we just want to continue to grow on campus. One of Revolution's goals is to go after and reach those no one else is reaching. And, and most churches don't care that much about college kids because they don't tithe because they have no money. And so we, you know, we just kind of committed ourselves that that's an area uh, that where we want to focus on and, and grow. Also, just people who don't feel comfortable in regular church, or if you do feel comfortable in regular church, you just want a kind of a different look, way of looking things, you're welcome to come here. So all that is um, going on. It's lots of stuff to uh, pray about. And so let's just pray um, now, and then Ryan and Justin will come up here, and they'll start to share about where we've been, revolution, where we're at, and where we are going. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, you know, that you've just, you've just been so generous to us as, as a church that's five years old. We started in, in a gym that looked like something out of Saw 4, and then, you know, you got us into a building that was a real blessing until it started to fall apart. And then you brought us here, and you just always provided, and, and so we thank you for that. We just ask that you'll continue to bless us as, as we just try to share the gospel with people and become instrumental of redemption in a fallen world. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legends, the elders from Revolution Church, Sir Ryan Roth. I really feel like a wrestler since we're doing a tag team event anyway. That was nice. You should, could we not, you needed a megaphone. Like you, you've been like Jimmy, exactly. Old school. Um, Anyway, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm one of the elders here. Um, and I get the uh, 
the privilege of kind of going through how revolution started and what we've learned. Well, not all of what we learned, but a couple quick things of what we learned along the way. This is not a typo with the Sundays at 6. This is the original uh, manifesto that Matt bestowed upon Justin and I about, it was probably five and a half years ago. Uh, it was this whole huge document of our vision frame. So instead of having like a mission statement or a vision statement, uh, Matt is the kind of person that put 27 pages into a Word document and wanted to be complete and thorough. So anyway, this always made me laugh, uh, the revolution, because I think he was like influenced by a public enemy with like fight the power or something. I don't know. It was just kind of funny to me when I looked at it. Uh, Again, since I haven't looked at it in quite a while. But let's throw that other slide up there. We'll get through kind of you guys, most of you who've been here know this stuff. Uh, we have the, the note slide um, of the vision frame. There we go. Uh, first of all, who, I'm going to make you show your hands. Who was here back in like the original gym days with like Carrie in the, in the women's bathroom where we kept our kids and Matt and I were scared to turn the lights off by ourselves? Uh, he had like the louvers on the thing, and then the, of course the, the ultimate was the circus with the elephant dung in the corner when we go to have service the next day. So, and then one time we don't roll out the mats and they get mad at us, but elephants can crap on them. So, um, anyway, so it's quickly because I'm going to go through 15 minutes here, and it's a lot easier to, to actually do 35 minutes worth of material and then talk really fast and make it 15 than it is to actually try to do 15. Um, here's some things that you guys probably already know. So our mission is to fulfill our King's commandment to make committed disciples. Um, basically, this is just going to pick it up. I'll read uh, from 18 on on Matthew here so you get an idea. So Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was important for us to, to use the term disciple, A, because that's what Scripture says. That's always kind of important. Um, and B, because it's not necessarily about butts and seats. We can get people in here. We can do cool, gadgety, gimmicky things. Um, but if you're not being discipled, if you're not changing the way uh, that you were when you started on your journey, uh, then we're not doing our job as a church and as your elders, to make sure that we give you the opportunity to do that. Um, so that would be the first point of our vision frame. Uh, the next one um, is, you, know, you all can read, I'm sure, so I'm not going to read that. But I do want to read you uh, Colossians because it's just a really cool piece of Scripture. So I'm going to start with 15. I'm actually going to read, uh, read all the way through 23 because I like it. And Matt shouldn't have left it out, but I didn't have the heart to tell him. So, Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and all the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. And by means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless, and you stand before him without a single fault. So that is uh, you know, scripture to support why we do what we do. I mean, we recognize Jesus as uh, the supreme ruler of all of this universe and whatever else he has made. Caleb was singing a nice song today about Jesus and aliens. If there were such a thing, God would be supreme ruler over that in his little Elton John parody he was doing. He'll probably do it for you afterwards if you ask him very nicely. So any chance I get to embarrass him, I try. So next slide. Um, So this is, I don't know if you would call this a strategy, but this is basically our idea. Um, And you should recognize this because this is, what we do. So we try to take, uh, take people and form together in groups and encourage you uh, in small groups, which will be kicking off here shortly, uh, to get together in a community with a small group of believers uh, so you can grow, so you can talk about struggles, so you can um, help other people with things you have been through, all those type of things that come from a small group when you study scripture that are beyond just hearing me or Matt or Justin or Dave or Eric or whoever speak to you on a Sunday night. There's only so much growth that can happen from a sermon one-on-one or, or six, ten people really dissecting Scripture, chewing over it. You really have the opportunity to ask the questions that, you know, come up during these conversations. So um, there's also spiritual disciplines, which we have done before. Like, I guess it was two years ago we tried to do all of January. Well, not all of us. Some people actually did all of January fasting. I made it like a week. I'm pathetic. Um, And so sacrificial giving, simple living, all those type of things are things that we want to do and encourage you to do to grow. Let's go to the next slide. Revolution will measure the progress of its participants to the degree of repentance demonstrated by individuals within the community. You can read the rest. Um, This is the idea that we can see where, excuse me, you can see where we started. Uh, Like for me personally, I can see where I started and in 2008, even as an elder and a leader, and looking at where I am now, five years later, it seems like there is a ton of growth that's happened um, between that guy and this guy, and that's what we're looking for. Um, that's how we're going to judge, or we want you to judge your life. So if you look at where you were before you came to Rev versus where you are now, have you been growing? Um, and, and it's always good to take some type of inventory like that, a personal inventory to see where you're at, and then... If you're not growing, ask the questions. Why or why not? Come see me. Come see Justin. Come see Matt. Uh, see Eric. See Dave. And, and ask the questions. Hey, I don't feel like I'm growing. And then we're going to ask you like some questions that will follow up, which will be, are you reading your Bible? And for those typically how this works as well, no, not really. Are you going to a small group? Well, no, not really. And then it's kind of like, well, one plus one equals two. So, but that's why we encourage you to do these things. Next slide. And this is, I guess, what our vision, um, long-term vision would be, especially the latter part of that, uh, for our church. Um, and what we want to produce, what we want to have when we have disciples, what the goal is. The goal is for us to disciple people, and then they disciple people, and then they disciple people, and it grows. Um, so that's kind of our vision frame. I want to spend the next little bit talking about, you know, in five years, what are things we've learned? There's two things 
two and a half things that I want to talk about. Uh, first, things we've learned. We started this because statistics tells us that 18 to 25, 18 to 30 year old people are leaving the church at a drastic rate because they don't like church, they don't get church, they're too smart for church, church is boring, church is whatever, restrictive. They like Jesus, but they don't like church. And so we go into this thinking that this could be an uphill battle. Um, you know, there's everything else to do except be sacrificial and give up your life for something else. What we have found um, is that the idea of the gospel resonates really strongly, I think, with especially college students. Um, and it's really neat because I'm older, not old, but older. Uh, so when you see people who are young and passionate about a vision um, and the idea that Jesus has called you to go and change the world uh, through his spirit, that he literally did that. He and, and 11, 11, 12 for a bit guys went out and changed the world. Um, that resonates so strongly with college students. The idea that you, know, you could start in Portsmouth and, and God could take you wherever could take you to Africa doing God knows what with Senegalese people. Um, that, that I think, is a huge resonating factor for college students because they've you know, not necessarily experienced some of the uh, different things that life can get in the way and, and, and wear you down, kick you in the teeth and beat you up. Um, you know, just life happens. And so some older folks like myself can be critical or cynical when God asks us to step out in faith because I have a family, I have a job, I have this, I have that, and it doesn't mean anything because all I need is Jesus. So that's exciting to me. That, that's something that I didn't think going into this, that, that college students really grasp onto the idea that, you know, while the gospel wants me to go out and I'm so ready to do this because, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm energetic, and, and I'm ready to go. Um, so that's like a positive thing I've learned. The other thing we've learned all too well, I wore this shirt specifically tonight uh, because on the back, wisely, we decided to put church that doesn't suck because that gets all the communities happy that we're starting a church when you do that. Um, So I think our goal initially was like the mindset was if you were offended by that, then your church must suck, which logically makes sense. And then logically everyone hated us. So, uh, so there's things that we've learned along the way. The, the, the most interesting part and, and just, uh, it's just befuddling is that we, all three of us, uh, Justin, Matt, and myself, really believe in the sovereignty of God, believe that, that we come to Christ not because of anything we've done, not because we take time out of our day to try to plan this stuff and that makes us better than anybody else or um, you know, we have a laundry list of things that we keep, and if we do these things and don't do those things, then we're good. Uh, we all strictly believe that it's, it's by Christ alone, period. It's the work that he's done. Uh, it's the Spirit moving on us to, to move us to Jesus Christ and how he reconciled us to God on the cross. So the idea that we have zero uh, portions or zero efforts or zero just influence on the outcome of how we came to Christ and why we would even start a church and then turn around and be somewhat arrogant is just ridiculous. But that's how we are. I mean, that's something that we're struggling with tremendously. And and it is, it's like, it's head scratching to think, well, if if I believe this, then why would I act this way? Why would we act like, well, 
Yeah, because I think, especially early on, um, there was this tinge of, well, we're going to do it better than whatever other church, because they're not reaching 18 to 35-year-olds, and we're going to do that because everyone knows that we're hip and cool because everyone wants to hang out with pastors because that's the cool thing to do. As Matt's most politically incorrect statement, it's like being the tallest midget, which we shouldn't really say, but he says it all the time. Um, so like, but there was that, that tinge to it. And I think over time and a lot of, uh, a lot of lessons of humility, we're understanding that that is completely wrong. Uh, the idea that that we we can't work together with other other faith communities because of how we initially started uh, started revolution and, and the idea that we didn't go around it, we did a couple a couple churches we met with and I'll be honest it was a negative experience Justin and I specifically had a really negative experience and so I mean it it wasn't that it wasn't always justified but it didn't make it right and so uh, you know for us. What we would learn and what I want you to take away from what's happened to Revolution as as an organization is is take wise and godly counsel. Find someone in your life, you know, maybe they're five, ten years older than you, um, and ask them questions. Bounce things off them. If you have, you know, parents that you're close with that are are godly, wise people, use those things. Don't don't go commando and think that you're going to have all the answers and not use tools that God's put around you and people that God's placed in your life because they're there for a reason. Um, and we, we acted like we wanted to do that. We said we wanted to do that, but deep down we wanted to do what we wanted to do. Um, and, and we've paid the price for that haughtiness, I believe, would be the right way to say that. So overall, that's, that's where we've been. Justin will tell us where we're going. From the top rope, here he comes. Ready for the tag. Oh, he tags in. Thanks, Ryan. Um, I'm Justin Clark. I'm part of the leadership team here. Um, Just to kind of set the table for some of you folks who might be new, um, that's Ryan Rolfe. He's um, our worship pastor here at Revolution, and he leads a group of guys and girls who are incredibly talented musically and have a real heart and passion for bringing us together corporately in worship. And so um, we're going to do that here in a little bit, and it's a big part of what we do here Corporately, um, one of the things we said when we started out is that we, we wanted to focus on these three concepts worship, grow, and serve. And so um, we're going to talk, I'm going to touch on each of those as I go through here, and I'm going to try to be really quick. I've never been accused of talking slowly, so hopefully that won't be a problem. Um, but one more introduction for those of you who are new and don't know um, the handsome bearded man who stood up here and talked to you for announcements is Pastor Matt Rawlings. And um, he is our lead teaching pastor here. He also um, helps fill in and work here in the pulpit with Christ Community Church. And so um, Matt is really the architect of kind of where we are today. And so um, I'm glad that Matt's here, not only because I know that means you're getting better, but I know that brings some comfort to folks that they know they're actually going to get some real teaching here <laughs> shortly. Um, so thanks for bearing with, with myself and with Ryan tonight. It really is a privilege to talk to you guys. Um, I probably really do have like 40 minutes of stuff prepared. So is that okay? No. I do have like 40 minutes of stuff prepared, but I'm going to try to be very quick about it. So let me get my notes opened up here, um, and we'll get started. So my, my goal, my task here today is to talk about revolution and where we are right now and where we're going to go. And so I don't have slides prepared like Ryan. I'm not really 
Um, I just, I didn't do it, so I apologize. I'm going to ask you guys just to follow along. We're going to use the Bible in the book of Ephesians, which is on page 704. Um, so if there's a blue Bible, there should be blue Bibles next to you guys. If you don't have a Bible at home, or the one you have, you just don't understand, um, or if you're just particularly fond of the color blue, um, that's your Bible. Take it, keep it. Um, we, don't, we don't want it back if, if it's going to help you out. So um, where are we right now? Right now we are physically in the auditorium at Christ Community Church, and for some folks, that may be a little um, different, or you're not sure why we're here. And for some of you guys, if it's your first night, you're like, what are all these people talking about? So Ryan did a real nice job of unpacking where we've been. Um, we will be in this space temporarily. So my only re- request of you guys while we're here is this is a massively large building. And I told my wife I was going to make her put, like, my clothes and my shoes on and walk across the stage to illustrate how awkward it can be to have a small person or a small group of persons in a large person or a large space. So I, should, I didn't make her do that. But the Blue Bibles are on the chairs. Um, next week when we come back and we're meeting in here, if you guys would sit in the spaces where the Blue Bibles are, we want to be as collectively together as we can because I'm going to talk primarily tonight about unity um, in the body. And when I say unity in the body, there's an opportunity to talk about what we're doing here with Christ Community Church. But more importantly, unity within the body here at Revolution. So um, you don't have to move right now, um, but next week that would be my request. And if that makes you uncomfortable... Um, Gosh, I'm sorry, but it'd be really nice if we can begin to build those relationships. So everybody, shower, wear deodorant, all those things next week so we don't make our neighbors too uncomfortable. Um, That's really for me. Um, Never mind. Um, So we're at Christ Community Church. What's going on with Revolution and Christ Community Church? So Revolution is its own separate um, church. We have the, the government requires we have articles of incorporation so we can achieve something called 501c3 tax exempt status. I just put everybody to sleep. Um, the, the idea here is that for, for now and for today, Revolution and Christ Community are two churches in one building with one mission. And our mission is to further the gospel um, of Jesus Christ in this community in Portsmouth and the surrounding communities that a lot of us call home. And our primary target audience or demographic, um, Ryan mentioned, is college students. Um, and folks who just feel somewhat disenfranchised or put off or had a bad experience with church previously. So um, we really, if, if you're in the latter, by the way, um, it's our hope that you're not just coming here because this is cool, like Ryan said. Like arguing over who the coolest church is is, is relatively um, futile because that really we're all, at the end of the day, sinful people. And so to kind of illustrate that, I'm going to tell a story to set up another story because Ron and I don't get to preach very often. And so he's going to appreciate this. Um, Charles Spurgeon is a guy who lived a long time ago and has since died. And he was a pastor, um, I believe the London Tabernacle Church in London, England. And before the age of microphones and things that would project your voice. So he talked Okay. So Charles Spurgeon, I'm not going to do that to you guys. Charles Spurgeon said that if I were looking for the perfect church, I would look and I would look and I would look. He said, but ultimately I would never find it. And even if I was fortunate enough to find it, the day I walked in, it would no longer be perfect. Okay. So he was telling this story to illustrate that the church itself is led by people who are, who are broken, who are messed up, who are sinful people. Um, I'm going to get out of, can I get out of that light? Is that going to mess it up for you guys? The church is led by broken and sinful people. So first and foremost, Justin Clark, Ryan Rolfe, Matt Rawlings, we're all very much sinful people, broken people. And so a lot of what I'm about to talk about is shaped through that perspective. So I hope that you guys know that we're not up here teaching or we're not 
trying to lead a church based on this idea that we think we're better than other people. So um, I really tell that story to say that and to say that Charles Spurgeon had a school where they trained preachers um, and and people um, who weren't as stout as Ryan and I would not make it because they actually measured the, the width around your chest to see if you had a broad enough voice to preach without a microphone. So Ryan, I think you and I, we would have made it. We could have been preachers back in the day. Um, maybe not so much anymore than now that we have microphones that people can hear us. So um, more importantly, and I will be very quick because we're getting over time already. There's a clock up here. This technology is cool, let me tell you, because we don't have that stuff at other places. Um, so who are we? Um, who are we as Revolution Church? And we talked about where we are physically. I want to talk about who we are relationally and where we're going to go. And I just, for me personally, um, God has been, for the last about nine months of my life, he has really been stirring stuff up and he has been revealing things, um, sin in my life, and he's put people in my life um, to help deal with that. Um, he, he brought me a wife a little over a year ago. He has brought some old friends back in the fold um, who are pastors who have offered wisdom and counseling to us as we journey down this path together. And um, one of the things that I have spent time in studying over the past nine months is the book of Ephesians. And so I'm just going to walk through, um, I'm not going to, I really wanted to preach the whole book of Ephesians. Do we have time for that, Matt? No. Matt's shaking his head like, dude, no. Um, I want to talk about four high point, four real quick bullet points from the book of Ephesians. And they, they outline who we want to be as a church going forward. I think um, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus. And unlike some of the other books of the New Testament that Paul wrote, um, if you're familiar with the New Testament, um, you know that Paul wrote a bunch of letters to different churches, and he was primarily trying to set straight some misunderstandings either in the culture or the church itself, where people had brought the culture into the church and now kind of perverted what they had been taught as truth um, in the early church. Ephesians is not that kind of book. Ephesians is a book where Paul is writing and primarily, um, I believe, affirming some of the things that the church in Ephesus was doing that he, he saw as the right way to do things. And so um, what better way to model where we want to go to kind of live out that mission that Ryan so clearly laid out, put out there for us a minute ago, which is to make disciples of folks and to radically change our community. So um, page 704 is where Ephesians starts. We're going to be in the first bullet point here is Ephesians chapter 1, 7 through 10. I'm actually, for the sake of time, not going to read all these things because there's a ton of scriptural references. I would really, really, really like it if you all would go home this week um, and just take the whole week, read the book of Ephesians. Think about what it has to say about what church should look like and how we as the church collectively, the people, should live our lives in a way to then take the gospel. So um, first point, Ephesians 1, 7 through 10, we want to be a church that acknowledges God's authority. Um, God, and as Ryan laid this out real clearly, we believe in the sovereignty, um, the sufficiency, um, and the completeness of, of the work that God did in our lives. So what does all that mean? Sovereignty, that God is totally in control of everything that happens. So for example, we, we fully intended to be in the new gym, not here, um, for this service. And you know what? That was out of our control. And Ron and I had a long phone conversation one night, and we just decided that God didn't want us in the new gym. So we had made every effort we could. It didn't work out. He is sovereign and things that small all the way up to the most um, important thing in your life. God is totally in control of. And Colossians chapter 1, if you want some extra textual references, 
um, we'll talk about the supremacy and the authority of Christ. So, um, is sufficient. So, when we talk about the sufficiency of Christ, Christ's death on the cross, the story of the gospel, that I'm a sinful person, and that short of Christ coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross, there's no hope for me to go to heaven. Okay? His life on earth lived perfectly, and his death on the cross and resurrection is sufficient for my salvation, for the covering of my sins, and then God's completeness so that I don't have to do anything else. So that's a lot like sufficiency. So it's not, gosh, Jesus died on the cross, and now if I go do all of these things, I'm gonna, God's going to find me righteous. Okay. Point number two, um, and the two references here are Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. We want to be a church that turns to God. Um, those two references are prayers that Paul wrote in his letter to the church at Ephesus. Um, the first is a prayer of thanksgiving. He's thanking God for the people in the church. He's thanking God for their faithfulness to him. And then the second is a prayer for strength and understanding. So he's praying for the church in Ephesus that they will find strength, they will find wisdom. And so as a church, we want revolution. We want the folks who come here to be people who, in recognizing the authority of God, see the value in turning to God in prayer, not just for my, my great uncle is sick, and, he, and this is a true story. My great uncle is sick. Um, he's terminal. He's, he's, he, his, he has days to live. Um, we just found out a week or two ago. Um, when I say that we want to be a church that turns to God, not only in those situations where my great uncle is ill or where Pastor Matt is having surgery, but a church that turns to God daily, hourly, people who give their lives to God in prayer, not just God, give me this and I'll be good. But God acknowledging his authority, acknowledging his, the, the sufficiency of the work he did on the cross, prayers of thanksgiving, um, and beginning to develop your relationship with Jesus through prayer. And, you know, we talked about prayer a ton. I think it's a topic we've done a pretty good job of covering in five years. But if you're new, um, and just as a refresher for those of you guys who aren't, it's as simple as any relationship that we have between, between two human beings. If we don't talk, we don't have a relationship, Okay. We're not going to understand each other. We're not going to know our likes. We're not going to know our dislikes. We're not going to know how to respond um, in, in trials and struggles. If we don't talk with God, if we don't commune with God, if we don't talk to him outside of when we're having struggles, we're not going to have that clear and open relationship with Jesus that we're all hoping for. Um, third bullet point, um, we want to be a church that acknowledges who we are and who God is. So that's, a real, that's, that's kind of a wordy way to say we want to be a church that acknowledges the gospel. Corey, do you have that? Were you able to find that slide? Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this in just a second. You guys have to bear with me because I'm an engineer, and I see the world in charts and graphs. So everybody but Eli Wallace has now checked out, and that's awesome because Eli can relate to me. He's an engineer too. Um, who we are. Like I said when I started, Matt, Justin, Ryan, sinful people. I hope I don't burst anybody's bubble here. Everybody here is, we're all sinful people. We're born sinful. Um, there's nothing we can do to change that. And, you know, the, 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 the picture here, the image that there's this chasm, there's this great, huge gap between us and Christ that only what Christ did on the cross, only his coming down to earth, taking a human form, living a perfect life, and dying on the cross, only that work can bridge that gap and bring us into relationship with Jesus. So um, what I want to talk about, though, is... When we, when we decide to enter into a relationship with Jesus, um, it's this, this picture here shows the word conversion. And this is, this is way better than the one I showed Corey. I just showed him some, like, 
little lines on a piece of paper. This is awesome. So at, at a period of time in our lives, we enter into relationship with Jesus, or, or God calls us into relationship with him. And from that point forward, we, we're progressing down, the, down this path, this timeline, and we have an appreciation in that moment for what God did for us on the cross. Um, as we grow as believers, and what God has been doing in my life for the last nine months is we talked about living in the light for, um, over the summer. We talked to the book of First John, what it means to live in the light versus living in darkness. It's great to come out of the darkness and step into the light. And, and what happens when you do that is God starts to reveal other sin in your life that you weren't even aware of. And so if we're really growing, and we're going to talk the next bullets about how we grow in Christ, if we're really growing in our relationship with Christ, then our perspective on the cross as we walk down this timeline gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So don't be discouraged. If you, if you get plugged into a small group, if you've been coming to Revolution for a while, um, and, and the more you study and the more you grow and have relationship with folks, the more you realize just how sinful the person you are. That's what is going to happen in your life as you begin to pursue holiness and righteousness. And as God continues to reveal those sins in your life, you're going to have a greater and greater perspective on the cross. Okay. Last bullet. And then we're at 10 minutes after 7, so I will try to end this quickly. Um, we want to be a church that encourages um, each other to grow. It's ultimately what it's about. We can, we can get people in here. We worship corporately together. These guys are going to do an awesome job here in about five minutes of taking us to the throne with our king. Um, they're going to t- play songs that will just they'll stir your heart, guys. They really will, um, and they're really good at it. Um, it's not about that. It's about then getting plugged in. You can't just stop there. You've got to get plugged into a small group. You've got to join our free seminary. Um, next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock right here, Matt's going to be starting a free seminary class. So if you guys are interested, um, you've got to develop those relationships with people. If you've been in revolution for a while and you say, gosh, I can't disciple somebody. I'm messed up. Guess what? We all are. You have a responsibility as a believer in Christ, as a brother and a sister, to come alongside that less mature brother and sister or sister and say, hey, how can I help you grow? Matt, Ryan, and I, we need to be asking you guys, hey, what are you studying? What's God doing in your life? And if we're not, hold us accountable to that, okay? We, we want to be invested in you guys, but more importantly, we want you guys to be investing in other people that way. So um, how do we help each other grow? Um, the text here, and I'm going to put all, all this up on the Facebook page because I skipped over a lot of this, the text stuff. Um, the text is Ephesians 4, 1 through 7. Um, we want to talk about unity in the body. We want to be a group that is inclusive. And um, including people is, a, is something every church in, in, in the world struggles with. Um, so I can only tell you guys that it is your responsibility as people who call this your church and who come here, on, who come here regularly to find the people that you don't recognize and make them feel welcome. They may not look like you. They may not talk like you. But the church in Ephesus that Paul wrote the letter to, just a little kind of history lesson here, Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey. Um, It's at a trade crossroads between trade routes on land and waterways. So it was a commercial center of the ancient world. The people in the church of Ephesus didn't all look the same, walk the same, talk the same, okay? So we have a responsibility today here at Revolution Church to reach out to those folks that um, we don't necessarily know and, and try to make them feel welcome. Um, putting off our old self. How do we help each other grow by putting off our old self? This is Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Um, this is the chart we talked about a minute ago. Um, we have a responsibility as people who've been called to relationship with Jesus to pursue righteousness and holiness. We will never get there. And the further we get down that path, 
we will realize more and more every day how sinful we are and how much we need Jesus. But as a church who wants to disciple people, if there aren't people in the church committed to pursuing righteousness and holiness, we're not going to have people to disciple other people. So, it, again, this is primarily for folks who have who come here regularly and call us your church. Um, if you're new and you want to start coming here regularly, these are this is basically the expectations we have for folks that call us their church. And as a leadership team, we've not done a good job of holding ourselves and everybody else accountable to this, so we would ask you guys to help us do that. Um, but we expect that people who confess that Jesus is Lord and have given their life to him will pursue righteousness and holiness in those areas of their lives. They'll put off the sinfulness they came from. They'll turn from that and they'll respond to the gospel by pursuing those things. Um, The last two, um, and really I'll just say the last one, we want to be a group that speaks truth. And this is, this is an important thing, but a thing that I want to make sure we we understand very carefully. Ephesians 4.15 and 4.25. Um, both references to, to speaking truth in love to one another. Um, we, we put a lot of effort into um, talking about what we call doctrine or right doctrine, which is the kind of what we believe, okay? So we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived a perfect life, that we're sinful people, and there's a whole list of things that we would consider to be doctrinal issues or things that we believe. It is very important to understand that while we believe those things to be true, um, when we start talking about things like freedom in Christ and the things that we're free to do, as Christians, um, there's truth on one hand, but there's, there's no end. Um, and so what I'm going to call is right doctrine and right heart. So you, you understand the right doctrine, what, what is correct and true and biblical. Um, but application of those things outside of the right heart or context or maybe more clearly, maybe I should say awareness of your surroundings and who you're with, um, those things can be really dangerous. So, um, you know, there was... There are a lot of different issues I could talk about that we would get into a whole conversation about legalism and keeping a bunch of rules. Um, if this is your church, we, we absolutely want to grow you guys and train you guys in right doctrine. But we want to train you guys in the application of that doctrine and how you do it in the right context. So I would just pray that um, you be mindful of how you conduct yourself and how it might cause either cause others to stumble or um, challenge them in ways they don't necessarily need to be challenged. So um, that would be our hope for you guys as well, that you would be willing to speak the truth, but understand that you're speaking the truth in love and in context. So the last, the last point that I have here is Ephesians 5, 16 through 21. Um, if you're a believer in Christ and this is your church, then we, to sum all this up, we expect you to set an example for folks. Um, we expect you to set a godly example with the understanding that we're sinful folks, we're going to fall short, um, and that when that happens, other brothers or sisters in Christ are going to come alongside you they're going to walk with you. They're going to help disciple you and counsel you through that situation. So um, all of this to say, please read the book of Ephesians this week. Think about what we want to be as a church. How do we want to make disciples? How do we move forward doing that? Um, And how can you specifically plug into what we do here at Revolution and help folks um, find this as a church home, but not only as a church home, but a place that they will feel welcome, they will feel like a part of a community, and they will be challenged but encouraged to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So if you guys will bow your heads, thank you for bearing with me. I'll pray, and the guys are going to come up here and lead us in worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity just to call ourselves a church family, to, to be blessed with folks who care deeply about you and who trust um, fully in your authority and sovereignty. Um, And we just pray that as we move into our fifth year, um, 
as, as a church family and as we've, we've grown and taken different shapes and been in different places, we pray that you will just continue to bless us with your presence, with your spirit, and with your guidance um, as we transition into yet another phase of our church's existence. I pray that we will seek your wisdom and your counsel and the counsel of others um, who we trust to be on mission with revolution and on mission with your gospel um, for this community here in Portsmouth. And I just pray that for everyone who's here tonight, that we will feel challenged and compelled to respond to your gospel in a way that helps us more readily equip folks to be disciples, to go into their homes and their communities, their school, um, and to live their life in a way that they can impact the lives of folks who don't know you. That's really what we're all about here. And we just pray that you continue to bless us with the opportunity to do that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.